This is the My Michelle Live podcast. Weekend Review. A look back at the week. It's My Michelle Live Weekend Review. Here's Michelle. Michelle and Adam Rizzieri as we take on a week in review. Looking back at the week, at the news stories of the week, and some of the unspinned issues digging deeper for a deeper story because in the deeper story the god story are real answers it just lines up adam it's we were talking before the show that it's almost as if some of the extreme left that have become even more mainstream are like our associate producers we don't even have (laughs) to work that hard they just write this stuff for us it it really seems that way we (sighs) Every day you wake up and there's something different and you're just like, I-, I can't believe I'm reading that headline. But then you also realize here that specific to the January 6th uh, TV event that happened last night, they did hire the former ABC president, James Goldston, to produce their their series of six hearings on the January 6th events. Maybe they really are our producers, Michelle. They've got Hollywood on their side. You've got the former ABC president producing this this event for Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler. Where does it stop? And frankly, it makes our jobs easy, right? It's like, what are we going to talk about? It's like, we will never possibly cover all the craziness that's going on in our world, unfortunately. We you know, just the, don't the have idea the time. that, you know, boring is good, that's actually true. It's, and, and I'm just learning that the older I get, too. It's just like, man, you know what? Boring isn't so bad, right? Like, boring means stability. Boring means nothing crazy going on. I wouldn't mind a week of boring headlines, but that's just not what we have right now. We're, we're dealing with some craziness here and the political theater definitely is a big part of it. It's this January 6th, very like Hollywood produced hearing here is, it's not gonna really distract Americans from what's actually happening today, June 10th, 2022. They're trying to talk about January 6th. Let me tell you about June 10th and the month of June and what's gonna happen in the month of July and August. We're talking about inflation that's devouring wage gains, We're talking about insanely high gas prices and, oh, by the way, tarnishing our rapport with Saudi Arabia to give favor and preference to a kill Israel Iranian regime who doesn't like us or the Western world for that matter. We have rising crime in our cities. And Michelle, you're in Seattle where, shoot, every week I hear something out of Jason Rance about what's happening there. And it makes me really concerned for what's going on around your neighborhood. High food prices, we're asking ourselves, okay, if an egg is really $3 and a carton of egg is really $12 by late October, how do we preserve eggs? Like we're literally having these conversations right now. I have a pregnant wife and we're talking about headlines now that with summer coming up and crazy energy prices, potentially expecting brownouts, right? Like I'm about to have a very pregnant wife in Texas heat if I don't go buy a generator because you know, of the insane situation. With, yeah, with someone's going down. Someone's it, going down. That's right. So high food prices, a baby formula shortage, power outages. Hey, don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> we have other things to look about, uh, look yeah. at. Uh, and, you know, the January 6th thing, I'm, I'm fine with investigating. Absolutely. I'm fine with holding people accountable for bad acts. But where are the George Floyd BLM? hearings because there was some really nasty crap going on with that too if you want to keep peace and you want to have a consistency where everyone can get behind you need to have that consistency across the board we're going to see in some headlines coming up in this program today how that actually affects 
things like gun issues and gun violence. But we'll save that. So stay with us because there's some other big stories. A friend of mine texted me yesterday and she said, yeah, I just had someone, a friend who was watching the January 6th hearings. She said, how do you and your friends, why do you and your friends hate living in a democracy? And I texted back and I said, honey, if you have to ask that question and you live in a democratic republic, maybe that's the first problem right there. <laughs> if you don't have the understanding to go into a battle of the minds and you're coming ill-equipped, well, you might just want to hit stand back. I'm just saying. At any rate, uh, only 16% of Americans think we're heading in the right direction, Adam. And that's well, the, according the, the to the shocker there, Michelle, is that that came from an NBC poll. NBC. <laughs> that was the shocker. <laughs> no one's surprised that this many people think that we're uh, headed in the right direction. Or I guess you should really just flip that and say that many people say that we're headed in the wrong direction. It, it was more of a shocker that NBC seemed to be not ignoring some truth. Yeah, like 80%. If you flip that around, 80% think we're heading in the wrong direction. Ouch. 84 percent. 84 percent. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, I'm just, just that's crazy. That, that's crazy. Actually, Joe Biden's approval ratings now, Michelle, are more than three points worse than what Donald Trump's uh, ratings were at his absolute worst. And this should te technically still be just a little bit past the honeymoon phase of his first year. But it's literally been avoidable disaster after avoidable disaster. Forget and the honeymoon. So we want to go straight to divorce. Those who actually voted for the guy. They're just like, wait, that's not what we voted for. Mm. There's no unifier in chief coming from this guy. Uh, people are literally just wondering who's controlling the strings. Yeah. As I said, uh, we don't want to have a honeymoon anymore. We're headed straight for divorce, really. And divorce is nasty. And divorce is, oh, wow, it breaks up families. And that's what we're really seeing. I say it tongue in cheek, but that's really what we're experiencing right now. Oh, that's totally it. And divorce is nasty. And I think really we have to, well, shoot, Michelle, I guess it's just acknowledge the shortcomings in our administration and learn to mitigate damage. That's really what we're at this point. It's how do we minimize the amount of damage that can actually be inflicted on our communities? How do we protect our families? And unfortunately, we really do have to take the prepper approach and prepare for the worst at this point. Pr prepare for the worst by storing food, conserving energy, seeking alternative energy sources that you can store. It's crazy that we're in 2022 and that this is where we're at. It's crazy. It's scary, but it's something that we really do have to come to terms with because we, we still got a couple more years of this going on. Um, of course, the midterms are coming up in November and thank God for that. We do expect a huge wave of change to hit the lawmakers that are currently in power. And, and maybe that will mitigate some of the damage quicker than not, but perhaps it's but unfortunate we still, that this is where we are. We still have an, uh, an, a weird acceptance of things that are absolutely not okay. We've come to a place of anything goes, and we're seeing it, as we'll see in other news stories we'll be touching on today, being sanctioned by the administration. You had mentioned this story, and this affects the next generation, and it is heinous. We have gone past acceptance and tolerance to out-unmitigated grooming 
this story, drag your kids to pride, and, I, and it means even kicking and screaming. You're going to notice that at this uh, nightclub, that kids were welcomed in with people performing sexualized acts, kids encouraged to tip as these people walk down the runway. And of course, they have the sign lit behind that. If you are watching, you can see in the background here, it's not going to lick itself. And sweetheart, we're not talking about an all day sucker. Let's just let's look at a little bit of this. <laughs> so we just got done with the drag your kids to pride event at Mr. in downtown Dallas. And I am here with Noelle Sinclair. What do you say to the conservative parents that wouldn't bring their children to an event like this? Why? Here's the thing, I don't think that there is any kind of issue with exposing children to this. So do you think exposing children to drag will result in more kids doing drag eventually? I think so, and I hope so, because I, like I said, it's the biggest confidence booster. Yes, it can be negative at times, but I, I think that drag builds confidence. Do you think exposing kids to drag make more peop more children go into drag eventually? I feel like yes, because I feel drag is such like an art form. There's so much dancing, there's hair, there's wigs, there's makeup. There's so many things that kids will like, will love to experience with. So I feel like a lot of kids will want to like dabble in everything. That well, it goes on a little bit and we'll talk more about what yeah. has been said. But yeah, big. I, I just you know, find this to be pretty problematic. Well, in the world that we live in, we have a thing called adult enter uh, entertainment for adults. Um, you don't bring kids to anything related to adult entertainment. You don't, and as adults too, you can totally disagree with what's going on there as well. It's a drag queen show that has kids present. Yeah, and you at can this see particular show, in this picture these kids to rock to walk a runway as though it's a fashion show alongside these drag queens. Mm -hmm. But then also instances where you have a drag queen pulling at their underwear. And kids, like you said, Michelle, putting money in the underwear of a drag queen as though you're at a strip club. It's so inappropriate on so many different levels. And the, the thing that's really the thing that gives me hope from this particular event is the fact that there were a lot of people from the community that came to protest against this, carrying signs that were just basically saying, stop grooming children. Pedophilia is not OK, though. It's been the left has been trying to normalize that to an extent by getting rid of the stigma around the term pedophile, which is just ridiculous. Um, and, and actually, when the police arrived, they did start to remove kids from this particular bar in Dallas. And you think about what the parallel is to this in our schools, right? You have schools that are now in their libraries containing and sharing books that, that legitimize, validate this sort of behavior. And you have to ask yourself, well, how do, if you're a parent, how do you feel about sex ed lessons telling kids that they can choose to be a boy or a girl or something in between? How do you feel about that topic in particular? Because, <clears throat> man, like kids already have a lot to deal with. They're already trying to figure out the world. And then all of a sudden they hit puberty. And then, man, like those hormones are crazy, right? Like kids have enough to deal with as Why is. can't we and keep them innocent? And then for you to innocent. literally destabilize their foundation by saying, oh, by the way, you might not actually be a boy, even though you were born with some luggage there, right? Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. And let me talk about some of the problems I have with this. First of all, we have been up in arms about cultural appropriation because someone wears a sombrero on their birthday at a Mexican restaurant and they sing uh, Feliz Cupilianos to you. That's a cultural appropriation. What the hell is this? Sexual appropriation, but that's okay. Diminishing the role of women in our society has come to a pinnacle. You no right. longer 
forget to have exclusive sports. There's a reason why there's men and women's sports. And I don't care how many hormone blockers you have. It doesn't change your muscle mass, your lung capacity, and your endurance level. Thank you very much. You have displaced women with your psychosis. We have this problem where we are also displacing children. And look at this uh, picture. If you are listening, uh, you may want to go to mymichellelive.com where you can see more of this little baby dressed in uh, rainbow attire. This was what the news didn't show because it just was beyond inappropriate not this little girl dancing but look at what's on stage this is a a stripper on stage dancing extremely suggestively this man queen at the child's drag queen event yeah they're on the runway spreading the legs there like man that's not where you have you there you shouldn't have a child there that's just yeah so there we are children walking the stage kids it's just sexual appropriation and it's offensive like you mentioned the degradation to women and you think about title nine as something that's that's in place to protect women and to protect girls sports and this entire agenda is focused around getting rid of title nine so that all of a sudden you're going to have girls sports teams that are lined up with boys who are saying that they're girls and that we see that in colleges today and that was it's being legitimized by the ncaa that's a huge problem Mm -hmm. the international olympic committee is trying to figure out how to address this issue of trans athletes but first and foremost like this is being legitimized it's not being called what it is and that's the problem it's like this war of words that's designed to confuse people and it's designed to say hey this is normal but guess what it's not normal and listen, it's okay. Things are okay if they're not normal, but don't lie about it. Call it what it is. Don't normalize mm-hmm. it and make some little kid who's trying to figure out the world think that it's a typical thing to, to come to terms with. Because So, and I'm going to set things back just a little bit and maybe even surprise you because you might assume that I think that men dressing as women as drag queens is a, a horrible thing. I don't. I think imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. I think it can be entertaining. It can be funny. But at the end of the day, it's a man dressed as a woman. It's not a woman. I'm sorry. If that offends you, you're going to have to retake biology. (laughs) What the problem I'm having with this as a woman, Adam, is taking away, I don't get to just call myself a woman. I'm a woman who, I'm a cis woman. You're a birthing person. I, I also have a problem with, if you take away the biological aspect, all you're left with is stereotypical things. We have people all over here, college professors, uh, folks who sit on the Supreme Court that can't define a woman. If you take away the biological aspect, you leave no real definition. And if there is no real definition, then how the heck can you identify as a woman if you don't know what it is? What the other thing that that this does, and I find this egregious, is that it makes woman this, what on, on the stage there at this Mr. Club is... Uh, 
breasty, sequency, over makeup, garish. That's what a woman is. So women like me who love sports and I go fishing and I got my own fish. Am I really a woman then? Because all that a woman is, is a stereotypical ideology. We've done that with this photoshopped, anorexic ideology for women. There is, maybe we'll put this in uh, post-production, so you may not see it live, but I've been following a woman on TikTok who has taken Disney characters and showed what they would look like in real life. And it goes from a normal-looking woman to this weird, uh, disformed woman. It doesn't happen with the male characters. We have had an attack on women in this society, and it is horrific. Well, and Michelle, it's also, it's everywhere. Like, you have... This concept of the genderbred person, I don't know if you guys have seen this online, just Google genderbred person, and it tries to basically explain this idea that there is more than just a man and a woman, right? It tries to, to create, like, all these different gender identities that, frankly, are, are these kind of fiction pieces. And, and I say that seriously, just leaning on science here, but this is being pushed through our businesses. You have literally publicly traded companies that are mandating employees to sit through this kind of education. And I say education with air quotes. It's being pushed through the school systems as well. And when you're defying science, when you're defying what we've known for since the beginning of time, that you have men and women and that you need men and women to create the future of humanity, it's just craziness, right? It's total craziness. Now, the, the whole drag queen children issue, that is a form of adult entertainment that should not include children in it. But then when you look at the issue deeper and you see where it's coming from, you got to be really concerned about what's going on in your schools. And frankly, from an HR perspective, really concerned about what's going on in in the businesses that you work for. When this is trying to be normalized, what is truth, right, at that point? Truth used to be something that was true, that you could validate, that was real. Uh, Unfortunate, because kind of, Michelle, to your point about being a little girl who happened to like sports, Literally, that same little girl today now could be in a school district where she would be subjected to puberty blockers and then made sterile to where she couldn't have children later on in life, even if later on in life she was like, wait a minute, I'm just a woman. I'm just a girl. I'm not a boy. That's the kind of world that our children are growing up in, and that's a really scary place. We are in a place where we really need to reevaluate what we're doing, what we're teaching, and what our worldviews are do. We need to connect the dots, Adam. Here's what I mean. When your worldview doesn't line up and you see the logical conclusion taking place in our society, you have to go, what's happening? Connect the dots. When you see a biblical worldview and you connect the dots, there's more freedom for people who are outside of a biblical belief go figure. How is that? There is more safety. There's more security. When we look at what's happening here, for example, in the U.S., our vice president, Kamala Harris, held a roundtable with faith leaders in California, Adam. Did you hear about this? I heard a little bit about this. I don't know a whole lot about the story itself. Oh, let me tell um, you. Anytime I think about faith leaders meeting with Kamala Harris in good faith, I have to question, like, what books are they 
are they living by? <laughs> <laughs> it happened on Monday. And it was amazing that at this round table with faith leaders on reproductive health care, Kamala Harris managed somehow through this entire round table to avoid saying either God or abortion even once. She said Explain the premise <laughs> Yeah, right? The the premise of Roe and the power of Roe, she said, is about saying that people should have the right to make decisions about their own bodies. That women should have the that and have unfettered, unfettered, unfettered access to reproductive health care. No mention of a child having rights over their own body. Apparently that just doesn't matter. The egregious things that happen to children, the callousness of ripping their bodies apart while they're screaming, that doesn't really matter. Harris said this, we need faith. What do we need faith in? Uh, Think about this as you're watching, listening, or reading. What you put your faith in, as we always say, your worldview matters. This is what Harris said. We need faith. We need faith in each other, in our nation, and in our future. Really? Well, how's that working for you, honey? Not so well. Now, this is an issue, Adam, because in a recent Gallup poll, 52% of Americans believe that abortion is morally acceptable. It's the first time in human history where the majority just a slight majority, think that abortion is morally acceptable. And this is what happens with your worldview in America. Think it through. We legalize the murder of the most vulnerable. We teach that we are animals, just evolved from goo. There's no purpose to you. There's no, there's nothing special about you. So killing someone is, I don't know, like a cat pouncing on a mouse, right? It's called survival of the fittest. So if someone goes into a school and shoots it up, it's just an animal killing other animals. It's a, it's a mouse it's, that's being chased by a cat and a cat just playing around with its prey. Uh, Herein lies the hypocrisy, Michelle. You can go and shoot babies in the school, but you can't kill them in the womb. Like, Thank you, Adam. Exactly. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. So also to the abortion issue, though, yeah, like 52% might be that number there. But the, the thing that I think we have to make note of is the fact that more Americans than not truly are against abortion, especially as you get later and later into that term. And there are conversations about when is that baby actually alive? Is it at conception? Is it at, is it when the heartbeat's detected? Is it at 15 weeks? The thing is, is science is a really powerful thing and medicine is a really powerful thing as well. And increasingly so that baby's life can be supported prematurely out of the womb at, at, I think as, as early as even 13 to 15 weeks, which is just incredible to think about. So I think that most Americans, when they really get into this subject and they start to look at it for what it really is, man, like the late term abortions that are legal today are, are barbarism. That's absolute infanticide and it cannot be allowed. So while we see the far left getting totally outraged about what happened in Uvalde and and that's a terrible situation, it's why aren't they so outraged about what's going on with those late term abortions? Why aren't they talking about that? They're not. And frankly, they also, they, they fund that sort of activity. They fund the organizations that are literally cutting those babies throats, um, 
fr- like fresh out of the womb. It's, it's absolute barbarism what they do. And it's hypocrisy at its finest. And that's par for the course with a lot of the far left's agenda. Well, we uh, saw on, it. On one side, they're saying one thing's terrible, but on the other, they're, on the other hand, they're doing it. Very we accurate. saw it with, we, we, we'll see it as we continue with some of the hypocrisy that was part of the slave culture, the racist culture in America's past, that the same arguments that were made for owning slaves are the arguments used today for killing children in the womb. They're not really human. They don't have rights. My rights trump their rights. It's for the betterment of of society. Those same arguments are being used. We're going to see how that worked with gun control in just a few moments. But you brought up a really good point about truth your truth my truth there is absolutely no truth if we are nothing more than evolved goo why is that because all your thoughts are a process of electrodes and electrons uh, zooming together and there is no logic to them it just happens to be you think but there is no ultimate truth without god there is no ultimate truth and with God, there is. And with God, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. What do you see in our society? Death. We have become a culture of death because we celebrate death. We become a culture of death because in our most vulnerable form, mothers who by our nature should be protecting our children callously rip their bodies apart. What is is the result in the American psyche. You are living it with it now. So as we try to deal with the culture of death that we have created, the House has now approved gun control bills and they are raising the age limit for semi-automatic rifles and imposing other restrictions. So we're seeing this happen now. This is their... It's funny that they're calling this the Protecting Our Kids (laughs) Act. (laughs) It, they're 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 okay with sending your 18 year old kids to go and, and protect the country in Afghanistan and let them maybe get blown up uh, on the way out. They're okay with that, but um, but when they're back home, keep that rifle out of their hands. You right. know, can't do that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is it's indeed. Ridiculous. It is indeed. That's this is where we're at, and we're not having probably the most effective arguments. If truly gun control worked, we could really talk about it. But I thought we would spend some time today dispelling some of the gun control ideology so that we can get to a more productive conversation that might actually have, I don't know, bite to it. There's, first of all, the argument that the United States is the only country that has a problem with gun violence. And let's just dispel that piece of crap right away. Let me see if I can find well, this graph. Also, as you're looking for that stat, as a percentage, as a percentage of relativity, the United States is 330 million people. It's a lot of people here in the United States. And by percentage, the actual rate of gun violence here is, is really not alarming. It's really not. When you look at our stats on per capita people who own a gun versus uh, those of other countries like El Salvador, Venezuela, Guatemala, Colombia, Michelle has a pretty good list here that she's going to share with you in a second. But the the reason why we continue to have issues in headlines that, that speak to gun violence is because we've never actually solved the problem. 
In fact, we've actually made it worse. You talk about people being overprescribed medications. Big Pharma has been shoving down antidepressants down our throats for the last two generations. That's a huge problem. That really causes a lot of people to act very erratically and to <clears throat> sometimes make unreversible mistakes, like picking up a gun when they shouldn't. Mental health is a huge problem that's been ignored by our country. And also, too, this conversation of, oh, it's assault rifles, it's assault rifles. A majority of gun violence is actually through handguns. And also, too, it's typically not a mass shooting. It's typically there is a huge problem in our country with black on black violence, unfortunately. Mm. The greatest um, the ma- majority. That, what's the problem there? It's the attack on the nuclear family. It's those mm-hmm. kids not having the support that they need to live uh, a prosperous life. It's society saying, hey, you know what? The government is your solution here, when in fact, it's actually the family that should be the solution. Yeah, and the um, majority of gun violence in America is from some of the inner cities, the gang violence, <clears throat> as you mentioned. Countries with the highest rate of violent gun deaths, the United States is barely in the top 10. You have El Salvador, Venezuela, Guatemala, Colombia, Brazil, the Bahamas, Honduras, U.S. Virgin Islands, where I was just recently at, then Puerto Rico, and Mexico, where's the United States? Not even there, barely with the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's the United States is barely there with gun violence. Here's another interesting fact. Norway and Finland have similar levels of gun ownership, but far less crime. Switzerland and Germany, there is higher levels of gun ownership but far less criminal violence with guns. They say high levels of trust and confidence in police, in social institutions, in morality, those reduce levels of gun homicides. So take away guns is another argument. Let's take away guns and you take away the problem. Let's dispel that for just a moment. And you empower the government to be a bigger problem in our lives. Right. Think about China. They're literally like duct taping people, the doors of people in their apartments. They're literally like sealing people in their apartments so they can't leave as part of their COVID shutdowns. You can't do that in America. You you can't seal us into our homes and, and isolate us from society by mandate. That's absurd. The government has total control over its people if the people are totally unarmed. And frankly, the fact that we are such an armed country is what I think stopped a, a major invasion into the homeland during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, people were the, literally the, the Japanese military commanders were saying that they were afraid to actually invade the American homeland because they believed that everybody was armed. And to some extent, there's probably some truth in that. And, but that being said, that's a little bit beside the point. <clears throat> the fact is, we do have some serious social problems that we have to that we have to correct. We have to have trust in our police. The, the defund movement was extremely damaging to our society. And in fact, police should be treated as neighbors and they should be viewed as neighbors. I remember the police that were around me when I was in school, the resource officers, those guys were our friends. And they were in fact the most friendly with the more troubled kids because they genuinely cared about those kids. Mm -hmm. In Dallas too, this idea of community policing, the police literally are a part of the community. So it's like, you don't have some stranger that's sitting there on the block, it's someone that everybody knows. And frankly, when those guys are able to ally with church leaders, you're able to encourage a lot of really positive things out of the youth. It's of those, called of those community. It's called community. There yeah. The idea of take away guns and you take away the problem. Look, Democrat leaning policy and research organization, the Center for American Progress, said that 
of all 50 United States, they found a close correlation between states with the toughest gun laws and states with uh, gun crime rates. So that's a problem. If you outlaw guns, only outlaws will have guns is is an argument. But here's the thing. Chicago's Uh, a case study. Chicago's a case study. In Australia, there's been a huge rise in gang violence. In the UK, many guns are being smuggled in despite very strict laws. And most guns do, uh, most policemen do not carry guns. So who's going to protect you? And back to your idea, you were talking about pharmaceuticals. We have a huge opioid problem in America. According to that worldview and following the logic, we need to ban all medication. Because if you ban medication, then you won't have an opioid problem. In fact, obesity is a huge issue. We need to ban forks so that we can fight obesity. Cars (laughs) cause so many accidents. If we just ban cars... There won't be any more car accidents. How many of you have had someone you love die in a freaking car accident? We need to get rid of all cars. We have um, to get rid of plates also. Don't forget plates. Those plates. are the worst offenders when it comes to obesity. No Come more plates. On. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you think of diabetes and how many people diabetes kills. In fact, diabetes was a huge factor in COVID, we found out that those who are overweight and those who are morbidly obese were gumming up the hospital system. So we need to ban sugar if we are to go along with this uh, same idea. If you ban all guns and get rid of them, even for law abiding citizens, we'll get rid of gun violence. Look, we are doing that in lieu of having self-control, which is one of the virtues that's spoken about in the Bible. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control of these, of, of these, there can be no law. There's no law against it. So if we were walking in God's spirit, if we were walking according to that worldview, we wouldn't have a gun problem. However, because we refuse that, now we have to look at ridiculous means that doesn't get to the heart of the issue. If gun violence is killing kids, Adam, so is suicide. That points to a bigger issue. Michelle, last week we we were pointing to the fact that since 2018, there have been over 800 instances of gun violence re- resulting in an injury or a death in Chicago. Um, a lot of those are illegal handguns, right? Illegal handguns. And then you look at the bill that's going through Congress right now that had overwhelming support from the Democrats. Uh, it was a, two, a 223 to 204 vote before it'll eventually be shut down by the Senate. But basically, they were looking to ban the sale of any semi-automatic rifles and semi-automatic shotguns and also trying to keep the capacity down to just five rounds they're not even they're not even trying to address Mm -hmm. the fact that first of all majority of the violence is from a handgun oh by the way that handgun is already illegal like it's absurd like it's absurd it's almost like a checkbox just oh there was a mass shooting let's quickly talk about the fact that we want to ban guns okay we'll check the box here we know this isn't going to go anywhere it's not going to solve any problems this is just a rat wheel that we're in Unfortunately, we're going to have another terrible situation. It's a matter of time because we're not solving the real problem. We have an issue and we're not talking about how 
guns, you can't unring that bell. But there are issues that you don't often hear about in the mainstream press. And this one hit close to home because you've got a pregnant wife at home. It comes to us from Florida where a a man was being attacked. He had guys with guns pistol whipping him, <laughs> yes. demanding money from him or whatever he could give. His wife comes out to hear to see what the ruckus is and she's freaking pregnant they shoot at her she oh, goes back on. into the house and listen to this story backpacking gun in my face saying give me everything you got and i'm saying i have nothing for you i have nothing for you it became real violent real fast king says one of the men started pistol whipping him while another kicked him repeatedly in the head king's wife who was eight months pregnant eight was in months the back bedroom and very pregnant to see what was going on that's when King says one of the masked men shot at her. She retreated, grabbed an AR-15, and returned fire. When he came towards the back door in her line of sight, she clipped him. He made it from my back door roughly 200 feet out in the front ditch before the AR did its thing. Depu oh, nice. boy. So there's really no reason for anyone to have an AR assault rifle. Come on, Preggy. Hey, Don't Michelle, mess with the a pregnant mama. That would be to ban pregnant ladies. <laughs> Yeah, we need to ban pregnant ladies. They are dangerous, no I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to mess with a pre pregnant mama. Look, the Constitution grant doesn't grant us rights where a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security and of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed the constitution and the government doesn't give us this and then get the chance to take it away i'm sorry the constitution and the government are there to recognize rights I have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I have certain inalienable rights. They are not given by the government. They are recognized by the government, and they should be protected by the government. And what we should be looking at is the moral problem that we have in our nation. Because of that moral problem, we have a gun problem. The difference is cultures where gun ownership is associated with traditional values, respect, and responsibility. Those are where you see lower gun violence versus others where gun availability largely empowers the criminally minded and unstable. It adds to gun violence and to some of the gun problems. So this is where when we, let me see if I, I have this meme, Adam, I think you'll like it, that legal gun owners have 30 million guns and probably a trillion rounds of ammo, right? If we were the problem, <laughs> honey, you would already know it. it <laughs> we would be Michelle. number one on the list. I'm working from home today, and I can just tell you that, yes, it's probably true. We probably do have 300 million guns. Just per capita, your average legal gun owner has quite a bit more than just one. And, and, and they hope to God that they never have to use it in self-defense. But if, if, if that day comes, then obviously God's going to look out for us. Um, th that's the fact of it, though. You, you have legal gun owners who are going to follow the law. And if, if the government truly does try to 
infringe on our Second Amendment rights, and it does pass legislation saying, legal gun owners, you must turn in your guns, there's going to be a strong percentage of people that actually comply with that. Now, I'll tell you right now, I won't be in that that list. I won't be. I will not comply with something like that. I think it's just a totally tyrannical move. But there are going to be a lot of legal gun owners that if the government so infringes on our Second Amendment right, they will follow the law and they will turn their guns in to our own detriment. <clears throat> and then after that, detriment. you literally will have the gangs of, of America running the streets. And, and unfortunately, the police will have no help from good Samaritans who are ready to help and who are p- p- potentially even trained to do that. So. And that's just a tragedy. If, if you that, outlaw if guns, if you outlaw guns, only outlaws will have guns. And that's part of the problem. If you outlaw guns, you could say there's no mass shootings in places where there's no guns. No, but that doesn't mean there's no killings. By human nature, people make bombs. People use cars as weapons. They can drive through a parade of people. Knives are an issue. You can't take everything that can be a weapon. Kids pick up sticks and use them as guns. You have 3D printers where people can print out every piece of an AR-15 and make a weapon. You can't unring that bell, but what you can do is talk about the moral problems in our society, our exit from traditional values, our grooming kids to be mindless sinners that are simply sexual creatures, nothing more than animals, and then you live with the consequences? I say, no, we need to think about that. Not only that, but Adam, we know through history that the places where there have been gun grabs have been the worst regimes in human history. And let's just bring our show to a conclusion with this idea that gun control has a very racist past. And it has been used not as a means to control guns, but a means to control people. And it disproportionately, we love to use that word disproportionately, it disproportionately affects blacks, minorities. Al Jazeera put together this report. I think you'll find it interesting. With, let's fix that, there we go. Having been emancipated after the Civil War, Southern states passed laws known as Black Codes in 1865 and 1866. Among other things, those laws disarmed former slaves in order to sustain white control. In fact, African Americans were already at a disadvantage. They lost their right to vote in many states because of poll taxes and literacy tests. Exploiting many people's inabilities to read and write, states could further impose gun restrictions. Now fast forward a century to the 1960s. That's when the leaders of the civil rights movement made clear that the need for self-defense still existed. In fact, Martin Luther King Jr. applied for a permit to carry a weapon and was denied. In California, gun control legislation was aimed at preventing groups like the Black Panthers from arming themselves against police. In response, 30 armed Black Panthers marched on the state capitol protest the legislation in 1967. Not long after, then-Governor Ronald Reagan signed the Mulford Act. Republican? Oh, what? In public places. The following <laughs> year saw the Gun Control Act of 1968, signed by the then-President Richard Nixon. What? Republican? Night specials, which were the cheaply made handguns associated with crime in minority groups, meaning black communities. 
Both of these laws were passed by Republicans and supported by the National Rifle Association. Al Jazeera reporting there. This is something that you need to really think about. Your worldview matters, Adam. Your worldview matters. Michelle, during the COVID mandates and the BLM rioting, about 60, 65% or so of overall gun owners were, were white Americans. But when we started, when Americans in general started to see our rights being infringed, black Americans were two times as likely during that period of time to become the new gun owners in our country. Wait, no, according to Joy Behar, just recently, when black people start getting guns, that's when, um, I'm sorry, black women are the biggest buyers of guns at this point. And you know what? It doesn't matter what your background is, what your ethnicity is. If you're a law-abiding citizen, you buy, you have a right to own a gun. You're, you are totally okay within your rights to do. And I just think it's interesting that uh, that Black Americans were twice as likely to become new gun owners during that period of time where they saw our rights being infringed. Because guess what? When you also, when, when as a citizen, you also have the power of the Second Amendment on your side. It's a lot less likely that some tyrant's going to come into your neighborhood mm-hmm. and try to infringe or impose their will on you because just because of the fact that you're armed. I don't know how strong of a parallel there might be here with, um, I I was thinking just outside the lines a little bit about the Ukraine situation. And once upon a time, Ukraine was a nuclear country. And then because of an agreement between the US and Russia, Ukraine got rid of its nukes, right? And so now you have Russia, a nuclear power, imposing its will on Ukraine, a neighbor who is now without its ability to arm, it's disarmed, it lost its nukes. you you have to have that threat of mutually assured destruction to stop a terrible thing from taking place. It's heinous and, that and, and it's a, it's our fallen nature kind of has thing. led us to that. But it's true. It's true. There was there's another argument that if that maybe it's time for gun loving Americans to send their guns to the Ukraine. Why do you think the Ukraine needs it? If right. if it is not effective in fighting against tyrants and tyrants, foreign and domestic enemies, foreign and domestic, like a, then why are we arming grandmas and toddlers? In, right. I say so tongue in cheek in the Ukraine. Right? There is definitely something to peace through strength, right? And when you when we have a very competitive world and we have foreign adversaries, you have and we to have, have that mutual respect, that mutual fear of each other. And that's what stops the, the bullets from flying. And and finally, if we were to look at one of the biggest lessons from the horrific shooting that took place down there in Texas, Adam, we can learn that you can't always rely on the police. How long does it take for them to get there? How long did it take them in that right. case to act? Right. If there were people or even parents who were armed that were allowed to go into that school, there could have been people saved. So as you look and, and you hear the horrible stories and even exaggerated stories coming out of the aftermath think of what could really protect them what do you if you are not willing to have this conversation then you need to shut up because you don't really care Uh, i know it's in some cases as we end the program today maybe it's just you wanting to avoid that conversation of well how's your worldview working for you and what's the worldview that really works it's difficult but i will encourage you the truth will set you free adam rizzieri and i are here for you to unspin the news and to give you the deeper story the god story uh adam encourage our friends to like and listen and come back next week right guys yes (laughs) please do listen give us comments fact check us let us know if you 
shoot, let us know if you like what we're wearing or if I look stupid today. Like, I, <laughs> we can take it all. <laughs> I swear, I was Thanks watching this video and I, I look like I'm like, um, the, the pink dress thing. I look like I'm shirtless. I don't know. Let's see if it gets more <laughs> likes I, or less. <laughs> one, one of those kind of shows this week, guys. We did start off with the, with the child <laughs> drag queen show. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks Adult again. We'll see you next week. <laughs> For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.